0: what is going on everyone this is rich and sam and you were listening to the Welcome to Hope podcast. Uh, today, we we wanted to talk a little bit about therapy and counseling and, and what exactly that is. Because after COVID, um, we've noticed an a increase in, in mental health and people seeking mental health. Uh, but there's still a lot of people that... Uh, that that aren't for various reasons, um, and so we wanted to touch on on some of those kinds of things, um, and and maybe what maybe differentiating between what what therapy is and what therapy is not
1: Yeah, I think it's well said, Rich. Uh, we we have noticed that across the country a significant increase in individuals who are seeking uh, and all sorts of of mental health health help. And um, just like like probably a level of acceptance of mental health issues and acknowledgement of mental health issues that really has not existed in our country before. And yet with with that, there's a significant amount of people who still are hesitant to call a therapist or call a counselor or or a social worker um, because of. Not so much the stigma associated with having something like depression or anxiety, but I think because of an incorrect understanding of what therapy is. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, you know, have this dialogue with Rich and you guys about what we see or what we hear from individuals who finally get themselves to sessions, um, you know, regarding what it was that kept them away for so long. You know, so a lot of people know for months I had it in advance that I really need some help, but right. um, they have a belief about what therapy is or what counseling is that that prevents them from coming. And I think one of the, the things Rich, to just get us started is um, a lot of times people equate counseling with being judged. Mm, right. Right. Which you would think like, well, how could that be possible? You know, like counselors are supposed to be some of the most understanding, non-judgmental people. Hopefully that you can find, and yet um, when you listen to some of the stories of individuals who have maybe saw a therapist ten or fifteen years ago, and the experience was so bad, right? They decided they were never going to come back again, right? You know, and and you know, here's going to bring this word about validation versus invalidation up again, which is something we talk about a lot. But that's one of the key aspects of good therapy is it should be validating, not invalidating, right? And it, it is not appropriate to, to be judged or to feel judged by your provider. Right. Uh, so you can see where a lot of people would shy away from counseling if they feel like they're just going to be told that they're quote unquote wrong or bad. Right. Right. You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, I've seen this um, even in, in working with some of my OCD clients. I had a client one time tell me, because for those of you that don't know a lot of people with OCD have these very intrusive thoughts uh, that can be uh, either graphic or embarrassing or any number of things um, and I I had a client one time tell me that he was half expecting that when I when he when he shared what his OCD was about that I would have some sort of like button under my desk or under my chair where I could like signal the authorities or or something like that yeah, right? yeah. And, and it took him a while to, to get to the point where he felt comfortable enough and felt like I wasn't going to judge him or assume that he's a bad person because he thinks X, Y, and Z or, or does X, Y, and Z. Um, so, yeah, I think that that fear of judgment is definitely a big piece to the to why people don't don't go to therapy
1: yeah yeah and i think it's it's the judgment around maybe the nature like you're talking about the nature of the issue they're dealing with Mm -hmm. but i think there's a lot of times there's there's fear of judgment around the fact that or the question of well why haven't you figured this out yet you know especially with adults now you're a grown adult um you might have a successful career why Mm -hmm. can't you figure this part of your life out as Mm -hmm. well Mm-hmm. And that also comes across as extremely validating, but it brings us to another aspect of what therapy is not. Therapy is not advice giving, right? You know, and, and I think is it, it should be a, a dialogue, it should be a, um, communication. Uh, it's, it's not so much as an individual who quote, unquote, has the problem shows up to the therapist who quote, unquote, is the expert and that expert gives out all this wisdom, right. you know, to, you know, just come in and tell the person exactly what he or she shouldn't do. Uh, I would suggest that that's not so much counseling as it is maybe coaching right. or directing or something to that effect. Um, good counseling is a collaborative relationship in which the therapist is helping the individual, connect dots or create awareness uh to for them to see that they probably already know how to fix the problem anyway they just haven't found the right perspective on it
0: sure you know sure Uh,
1: so one of the things that stands out to me that is a good is a sign of really good therapy is that the therapist should be doing probably 20 percent of the talking you know and 80 percent of the listening but if you're in a session we got a therapist who talks 50 60 70 percent of the time I'm thinking that's probably too much advice giving. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now there are times where, you know, you need to get into some psychoeducation about things and you're obviously going to be talking more during those time periods, but over the course of weeks and months and, and things of that nature, if, if, if you're as a therapist talking more than, than the client is, then there's, there's something wrong there,
1: I would say. Yeah, and that could be you could very much just be about style, Mm -hmm. or it could be about education and and how the therapist was taught to do therapy or counseling. And we're using those words interchangeably right now. Um, But bottom line is listening is a key aspect of the healing process, which means the, the client needs to be able to speak without fear of interruption. Or without fear of hearing something like, oh, this is simple. All you need to do is dot, 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 right. dot. Or you, you just need to dot, 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 dot. Those phrases in and of themselves are, surprise, invalidating, mm-hmm. because they're oversimplifying the person's issue.
0: Right, right. As if it's just that that simple. example. Yeah. Or, or or, those comments about, we may have talked about this with the, the invali- invalidation um, episode that we had, but you know, the, the people that just say, um, well, I just try not to think about it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that, again, that implies that it's that, that simple. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that's definitely, uh, I think when people are looking for therapists, um, I think that's kind of a, I don't know, I would say almost a red flag. Mm -hmm. is if if you are seeing that the therapist you're seeing is is doing way more of the talking um, instead of asking questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So, what, besides listening, what would you say therapy is, or good
1: therapy is, I guess, should
0: be the, the better way of putting it?
1: Yeah, I think good therapy is, you know, I... It's sort of exemplified in this uh, feedback I got from a client of mine a couple of years ago. And this is a person who's experienced a lot of therapy mm-hmm. over many years, both in and outside of treatment programs and intensive outpatient programs and regular outpatient therapy. And after about five or six sessions with me, this individual was leaving and they said, You know, um, I used to think that our sessions were just conversations until I realized that this was the best therapy that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's I'm I'm not sharing that to blow my own horn. I'm sharing that because I think that's an excellent example of what good counseling is and that it doesn't feel like counseling. Right. It doesn't feel like therapy. What it feels like, what it feels like is you're having a conversation. With someone who's interested with someone who is safe right. with someone who's non-judgmental with someone who's warm with someone who asks good questions you know mm-hmm. with someone who can show the person that i am actually listening to you uh and so doing like, i think it's best to describe good therapy as an art form far more than it is a scientific process mm. yeah And and I think that's that's where you see a significant shift at times between really excellent clinicians and individuals who are just learning the field. Um, It it doesn't feel warm and cozy if everything's driven by a manual, an outline or a checklist. Right. Yeah. Because the the person you're working with doesn't necessarily feel present at that point, you know, because you spend too much time looking in a book not enough time looking at the actual person right
0: yeah you know? right yeah yeah i think of when i think of therapists i, I think of almost a continuum mm. on one side you have the therapist that maybe has a lot of very good clinical knowledge mm. right and and they they know the ins and outs of all the different theories and and they know all the jargon and all of that kind of stuff and then on the other side you have the therapist that is good at creating that that environment Mm -hmm. right that that safe space that environment where the client feels comfortable sharing anything and maybe maybe they even come into the session not not expecting to share much but there's something Mm -hmm. about the the environment that they just they just start talking right yeah um And I think ideally a good therapist is able to do both of those things. I think sometimes therapists lean one way over another sometimes, but I think a good therapist has a little bit of both of those, those kinds of things. Um, but I think sometimes uh, the being able to create that space is, is very important. Yeah. Um, and when there's judgment and things of that nature, that, that, that That hinders that
1: environment being
0: um, I don't know, being helpful in that
1: way absolutely, yeah, which 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 brings us to like another feature of good counseling. where I think maybe maybe this is a um an outcome or a result of good counseling is the idea that the person doesn't dread coming to the session, right right mm-hmm. So, You know, even if the work we're doing clinically with the person is extremely difficult work, which is most of what we do. Yeah. uh, It's you still want to create an environment in which the person is looking forward to doing the hard work with someone who's invested in the process with them. Right. That they they actually show up to the sessions excited or eager to get started. Right. You know, and uh, as opposed to. Um, dragging themselves to sessions, or being so afraid or so anxious before a session even starts that sometimes they don't even show up anyway. Right. You know. Yeah. Now, there has to be that sense of, I think, communicated or conveyed belief in the process itself.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: and and how well does the clinician uh, present the idea? that they believe in the therapeutic process and they believe in the person's ability to change right. um, and that that person is wanted in that space at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, those are, those are keys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely
0: keys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And most people,
0: you know, the, the first time you come to therapy or even if you're first time seeing a new therapist, there's probably going to be some, uh, some anxiety, mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's it's new, it's mm-hmm. different. You don't know the person. All of those kinds of things. But but over time, there needs to be or there should be a little bit more. Um, uh, I guess less anxiety mm-hmm. in, in doing that. Um, you know, even I had a client recently that was unable to make the appointment, and they uh, they messaged me afterwards I was like I'm so sorry like I I really needed to to make that appointment but I wasn't able to make it and and that that's kind of that's kind of validation for myself that I'm doing something right in terms of creating that that environment I think that's a good sign of uh, again not to toot my own horn but that that's a good sign of what good therapy is is that the client isn't even if they aren't able to make it they're they're almost bumped that they that they missed it because they know, like no, this is going to be helpful. I need to do
1: this, and they they kind of keep keep returning. Exactly right. This is a great point, uh, and and it and it reminded me of a, another aspect of what therapy is versus isn't, which of course has escaped me,
0: which is often <laughs> the case
1: for, for for listeners who are new. Uh, it's not uncommon for me to have. Uh, This is Sam, by the way. It's not uncommon for me to have many thoughts going on at the same time and then completely uh, fail to capture one of them when when the timing is right. Uh, Because what you were saying was, was reminding me, you know, very much about what therapy is versus what therapy isn't. And it'll come back to me, you know, because you were talking about, you were talking about the idea of wanting to come you know, and wanting to be a part of the process of change. And, you know, it's such a kind of a gift for the therapist to actually be involved in that process. Yeah. Um, and here it's kind of just, I just stumbled upon <laughs> it. So I am not a believer in brief therapy at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, I think it is, in, it's incongruous with what we do. Uh, I don't think anything about therapy is brief. And I think trying to rush through it is detrimental to our patients, clients, the individuals that we work with. Uh, so that's something I would I would look out for as well as I think really good therapy has a rhythm to it. Right. It's not it's not just oh, OK, you got three sessions and that's that's all I know how to do. Right. We got three sessions and you need to be better after three sessions. I just don't see where that's the case. Um, Matter of fact, I believe that rushing people through the process, focusing only on behavioral change that occurs too quickly. We are, we already know that that doesn't last anyway. Right. So uh, I I think good therapy is a recognition that the process will be done when the process is done Mm -hmm. and that people have a right for themselves to determine how long that's going to be not so much their insurance company based on how many approved sessions they have right. yeah you know. yeah which of course is a pet peeve of mine right uh so yeah ultimately uh it's about quality not quantity mm-hmm. and, and i'll throw one more thing out there to you i think another aspect of of therapy that's often overlooked is experience um it's not that younger clinicians can't be good. There's a lot of really gifted younger clinicians out there, Mm -hmm. probably better than us, or at least better than me. I don't know about better than you. (laughs) Uh, But at the same time, when you're dealing with really complex things, I don't think there is any replacement for years of experience. Sure. How many hours has the clinician been in the chair and listening to however many different things – you know, honing their skills, particularly active listening, honing their validation skills and just having a, a wide range of understanding of psychological concepts. I, there are very few things I think that would be more valuable, you know, again, to make therapy as effective as it can be.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that because I know for myself, I think. I think every day. I'm becoming a better therapist. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm learning, as I'm doing therapy, in in some ways, you know, I'm, I'm listening to my clients perspectives, I'm listening to what they what they think about, and, and I'm kind of processing all of that myself. And it's, it's giving me a better understanding of not only their situation, but then, you know, next time I next client, I see them, I have a similar you know, similar situation, I'm, I'm just, I'm better prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, that speaks to that is the, the experience, right. Um, you know, and, and again, not, not to knock any new therapists uh, because there, there's some, some really good ones out there, absolutely. Um, but, you know, getting with a therapist or a counselor that, that has some experience and knows, knows the, the issue that you're, you're talking about. And we, we see this a lot in like the OCD world, right? There's a lot of people that a lot of therapists out there that claim to, to work with people with OCD, but yet they have no idea how to do the, you know, what, what the evidence says is, is the best form of treating that. Mm -hmm. Um, but yet they'll, they'll tell clients, Oh yeah, I work with people with OCD all the time. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, Uh, and and you're talking about the, the length of therapy being uh, it's there's, there's no end date really, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And that that's, I, I also agree with that because like I, I, I don't like doing discharge notes. <laughs> Not, I mean, I don't like doing any notes, period.
1: <laughs>
0: but I especially don't like doing discharge notes because I fully anticipate that at some point in time that client's gonna end up coming back at some yeah. at some point. Um, whether it's because something new popped up or wh- whatever the reason is, Like, I fully anticipate that they're gonna come back to me at some point in time. Um, because that's just that's life right that's that's how how this works is it's not a one-time fix usually yes it's it's a it's a process and you may not need it for a season of time or a season of life but there may come another season of life you know a year two years three years however long down the road where you might need it again
1: yes yeah that's so so true uh leaving it leaving the therapeutic process open Mm -hmm. allows us to understand that our mental health is something that requires our attention not just during a period of our lives right but throughout our entire lifespan, right right which is actually kind of a significant shift that i've made over the past couple years and i used to used to talk a lot about recovery Mm -hmm. and getting to a place of recovery uh, and although I do find that in certain situations, in certain contexts, with certain psych uh, diagnoses and certain folks, I mean, they can get to a place of full recovery. Right. And yet at the same time, I think it's that mental health and well-being is better understood as an ongoing process that's lifelong right. uh, to take away some of the, uh, the oh, you've graduated, you're, you're better now, you're all better now, you'll always be all better. Right. You know, it's, and, and more of this standpoint of, you know, my best self is a growing self. It's a person, it's a version of myself that's maturing every day that's just a little bit different than the person I was yesterday. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, for, for sure. It's a great point. We, the, the end dates and the, you know, the finality of it really kind of, I think, needs to be removed to allow for the fluid process of healing. Right. right um
0: because i mean inevitably that that's life right like we're we're constantly learning we're constantly growing we're never going to have ourselves figured out
1: no um
0: i had a i went to a, a training a while back it was for uh related to trauma and things like that in this uh the person who was leading the training, one of the first things he said, he, he he shared his motto with us. His motto was, "My goal is to suck a little less each day." <laughs> I was kind of thrown off at first, like, "Really, this is how you're going to start this whole like training off?" Uh, but but I kind of like that, yeah, because yeah. that one that implies that that we're we're not always going to get it, right? Um, that we're going to make some mistakes. <laughs> Uh, But it also implies that we're going to keep working and keep moving forward and keep trying to get better. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's sort of a
1: representation of just
0: therapy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's great. (laughs) That's great. I love it. I love it. So, yeah. So look, so what's the, what's the moral of the story? Right. The moral of the story is uh, if you feel like you need help, then it's okay to ask for help. Right, and if you don't know how to figure out how to solve a particular problem, it's it's okay to get some perspective from someone who can help you figure it out. You know, we don't know. We don't need to be lone rangers anymore. Right. Um, some of the some of the bravest thing you could ever do is is to say, "I can't do this by myself." You know, I'm wondering if there's someone who can assist me with this. And of course, we're here for you you know, we, we, we want to be that place that you reach out to and, you know, rest assured if, if for some reason we can't help you, then we'll help you find someone who can Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And there's, there's no issue that is too small, uh, yeah. and no issue that is too big. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want people to think, well, you know, my issues aren't that big of a deal, so I don't need a, you know, bother a therapist mm-hmm. with dealing with my little, my little problem. Yeah. Uh, cause that, that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and on the same token, you know, if you're out there thinking, well, I'm, I'm too messed up, uh, you know, I'm beyond help or something like that, that that's also not the case. Right. Um, so yeah. And, and like Sam said, uh, if, if you are struggling with something and are, uh, thinking about getting help uh, especially if you're in the arizona area uh, contact us we'd be happy to help uh, even if it's not with us we'd be happy to to point you in the right direction mm-hmm. and help uh, help get you in touch with with resources that that would benefit you um, and stay tuned because uh, we've got uh, some more more episodes coming up uh, I think we we already decided we're going to be talking
1: a little bit about emotions. Yeah, we're going to start a two part mini series next week on uh, part one is going to be the myths uh, associated with emotions, mm-hmm. and then part two will be healthy habits associated with emotions.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm excited about this because I think as a society we don't do a very good job of uh, teaching emotions and how to manage emotions and things like that. And so I, I think that this will be helpful for, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so as always, uh, if, if you found this helpful, please like it and share it with, with other people that you think might benefit. Um, and stay tuned for, for those episodes coming at you next week. The content in this program is not intended to be a substitute for professional counseling, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have. Never disregard professional advice or delay seeking counseling because of something you have heard on this podcast. If you or someone you know is in need of counseling in the state of Arizona, feel free to call us at 602-488-6104. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, please call 911 immediately. If you are in Maricopa County, Arizona and are in a behavioral health crisis, you can call the crisis hotline at 1-800-631-1314. If you are outside of Maricopa County, you can call your local crisis hotline or simply dial 988 for the National Suicide Hotline. If you are outside of the United States, please call your local emergency number immediately.